We are encouraged this Transfiguration Sunday by a couple of verses. Uh, the topic for the, the verse for the sermon is going to be the gospel reading, the Transfiguration, but also, as I said, being encouraged by St. Paul from 2 Corinthians 4, verse 1, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. And then verse 8 of our gospel reading, and suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We do not lose hope as we look around in our life. If we consider life, St. Paul said life is, is a race. But if we consider our lives as a race or a hike, a walk, right? Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life, we're not to be discouraged. We are to walk by faith and not by sight. And to remember this reading, the transfiguration of Jesus, so that we would live by faith. Have you ever been on a real high mountain? Maybe you've traveled to the Grand Canyon, you've stood on the ledge, and you've looked around, and you've just been in awe. Maybe you've looked out the window of an airplane as you take off or you're, you're coming in for a landing and you're just amazed at everything you can see. As some of you have read or seen in our Epiphany letter, you know our family loves to hike and just last year we went to Garner State Park and we climbed up Old Baldy. That's the name of the highest peak. It's 3,000 feet high. It was a beautiful climb but the climb required us to stop every once in a while to rest, to take a break, to take in some water, maybe eat a granola bar, because, well, we needed energy, we needed, we needed help. And as we looked down, we could see the crystal clear waters, how they sparkled in the sun, it was, it was glorious, and the people down below us looked like ants. As we climbed, we needed to take a break. We needed to be nourished. We could see everything. Back in 2007, even, even more, in 2007, I climbed Mount Rainier in Washington State, and that mountain was over 14,000 feet high. The climb took two days. It was an amazing experience. But we had to take breaks. As you were climbing the altitude, you had to let your body acclimate. You also had to pause in this extreme physical test. You had to keep count of how many calories you took in to make sure you'd have enough energy to get to the peak. You had to force yourself to drink so many ounces of water so you wouldn't run out of energy. We would stop and take breaks. You'd have to put your parka on so you didn't lose your body heat on the glaciers. We were so high, we could see peaks and mountains in other states. We saw airplanes down below us. It was a sight to behold. It was glorious. But we couldn't stop. We had to keep going. You had to keep going or else you would lose your body heat. You would freeze and... Well, numerous people have died on, even on Mount Rainier, not even to say Mount Everest. 
Well, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John on a mountain so they can see something, but the thing that they see on the top of the mountain is not their destination. The Mount of Transfiguration, and when Jesus shows his glory, it's just a stop. It is a resting place, if you will, for these disciples in particular, because they're going to see something that isn't so glorious. Their faith is going to be tested as they see Jesus on another mountain being crucified. Jesus is teaching them and us today where his glory is truly shown, and that's on another mountain, Golgotha. Jesus, when he's on the mountain, he doesn't direct Peter, James, and John's attention all around. He doesn't say, oh, look at how glorious things are, which is what the devil did at Jesus' temptation. The devil tempts us to walk by sight and not by faith. Jesus didn't direct the disciples, look at the sun, the rising sun, look at all the glorious things around in creation. No, Jesus wanted to show them something far more glorious. The glory is that we behold God's true glory, not by seeing, but by hearing. That even on the Mount of Transfiguration, as Jesus is revealing his glorious true God, he doesn't say, hey guys, look at me. The Father doesn't say, oh, look at Jesus. But the Father, he says, listen. That you behold God's glory now in our sinful flesh. We behold God's glory now. By listening, by faith. And as as they hiked up the mountain, we are told Jesus was changed. He was transfigured. His clothes were whiter than any fabric. Mark is telling us Jesus was brighter than anything in this world. He was more glorious than anything we might be tempted to look at in this life. Now, Jesus didn't change in his person. Jesus was always God from the beginning, before creation even, from all time. Jesus being begotten before all eternity. Jesus, he isn't changed, but he is revealing. He is showing something by sight. And when you hike up, like on Mount Rainier, going up 14,000 feet, you have to wear special sunglasses or else the snow and the sun will blind you. Jesus was brighter even than the sun. Think about it, as Jesus shows his glory, the sun casts a shadow. (laughs) Jesus didn't say, hey guys, look, we can see Jerusalem from here. No, he wants to show them something far more glorious. Jesus is showing Peter, James, and John that he's true God. Can you imagine? like seeing the most beautiful scenery from the highest mountain on earth. But the disciples, they weren't looking around trying to see if they could see Jerusalem. No, their their gaze was focused on Jesus. It was such intense light. They knew it was Jesus, but they also saw Moses and Elijah. These two Old Testament saints, they're known for being on mountains too. Moses, as we heard in, in our reading today, he, uh, we are reminded that Moses goes up onto Sinai to receive the law of God, the Ten Commandments. But also remember that before Moses went up on the mountain, God said, no one may touch this mountain. 
If you touch it, you will die. Man, animal, anybody. But then God said, oh, but you, Moses, you can touch the mountain. Can you imagine being Moses right there and God saying, everyone's going to die if you touch this mountain. Moses, touch the mountain. Even in the Old Testament, God's glory is beholding him by faith. Moses had to trust the word of God, that God would be his shelter, that he could touch the mountain because God declared him, God called him to touch the mountain. But now we have Moses and Elijah. Elijah's mountain was Mount Carmel, where he defeated the prophets of Baal, where God sent fire down to consume the sacrifice. And then Elijah put to death 450 prophets of Baal. Moses and Elijah, though, they're, they're not on the top of the mountain looking around either. They don't pull out their cell phones and take a video and say, take selfies. Look, look how high we are. No, they are talking and they are listening to Jesus. Peter, the one who's always prone to put his foot in his mouth, speaks up. Rabbi, speaking to Jesus, it's good that we are here. Let's make three tents, three structures, three places of refuge One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And then Mark tells us, Peter said this, but he didn't know what he was saying. He didn't even know what to say. He just opened his mouth out of fear. Because it's easy to be terrified on a mountain. You could slip, you could fall. That feeling of just falling down and you're on a glacier and the, as hard as you try to drive your hands into that ice, it's just too slippery and too hard and you fall to your death. Some people are afraid of heights. They don't even like climbing trees. But Peter, James, and John, they're not afraid of heights. They're terrified because they see the glory of God. The glory that God said was on the mountain, and if anybody not just looked at it, the cloud was there to protect that, but just touching it, they see that glory and they're petrified. Worse than sliding down a glacier and not being able to stop yourself. They were frightened because they know God does not tolerate sin. God hates sin. So in a sense, yes, the disciples should be frightened. Should they even be touching this mountain? Were they permitted to even be there? Would they receive more commandments from God as if they had been able to keep the original 10? Would God send fire down to consume them like Mount Carmel? Would God be the one to condemn them and be their judge? No, Jesus wants to show them something far more glorious that the glory of God is to forgive, to lift up, to pick us up when we are at our lowest. So it's kind of like when, when people say, well, if you're afraid, don't look down. Peter seems, to, seems as if he's trying to distract himself and the other disciples from the trouble that they might be in. Lord, it's good we're here, right? (laughs) It's good? We're not going to be destroyed? 
Peter thinks he needs to speak up. Peter thinks he knows that the glorious, the glorious thing that Jesus is trying to show them, that like looking out from a tall mountain, that the glory of God is what we see with our eyes. Peter thinks that's the case, but it's not. The glory of Jesus, his desire is that we not look with our eyes, but we listen with our ears. Peter thinks that the Mount of Transfiguration is the glorious destination, that this is where Jesus is leading them. But, G but Peter doesn't know what he's saying. The Mount of Transfiguration is only a pause in the hike. It's only a place where they're to take a moment and to trust God. So the Father speaks up. This is my beloved Son, Listen to him. There you'll find true shelter. There you'll find a tent. There you will find his forgiveness. Peter tries to speak and the father says, says listen. Close your mouth. Shut it. And listen. Be a student, Peter. Learn. And that's for us to remember, too, that while we may be tempted like Peter to walk by sight, to live by sight, to think that the things we see all around us, the big homes, the fancy vacations, the great big retirement portfolios, the kids who seem to have it all, we might be tempted to think that that's where glory is found. We might be tempted by the devil to think that that's glorious, that church is boring, that whatever you can find on YouTube or television, there is glory. Too often we don't want to be a student of God's word, but we, like Peter, want to open our mouth. We want to tell God how our life should go. We want to teach God what is glorious and what we should have. Perhaps like Peter, you think you know what's best. Or even like Adam and Eve, when God came looking for them, they tried to build a tent as well. They tried to cover themselves in the presence of God. Our fallen nature, in our pride, we think we need to build, that we need to construct a righteousness of our own. And we'd even tell God, God, if you give me the desires of my heart, I'll be faithful. <laughs> I'll be a better Christian. And God says, shut it. Listen to my son. Jesus is your dwelling place. Jesus is everything you need. Jesus is your tent, your shelter. He will build for you a shelter that will never fall. The glorious one, the one who's shining before you right now, he will go to the cross and by his flesh being torn, that tent that will guard and protect you. When the shelters that you try to build for yourself in life, when they fall, when they come crumbling, especially your pride, there will be one there who's waiting, like at the end of the reading when it says, and they looked up and all they saw was Jesus. That's all you need. Or perhaps you're tempted that others would see how glorious you are. But even Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen but believe. We might be tempted to think our baptism isn't all that glorious. That it was just water. 
that like Peter thought that to live by sight is glory. No, the Father says the glory of God is heard, not seen. The Son of Man will rise from the dead. That's where Jesus is leading the disciples. He, he, as they're coming down the mountain, he's not, just, he's not just telling them, giving them instructions of don't say anything until the Son of Man is crucified and is raised. No, Jesus is encouraging them. He's giving them the gospel. He's telling them exactly what's going to happen. That is then their hike. As they come down the mountain, they continue their hike to the most glorious mountain ever. To see Jesus going to his cross, but even more, to listen to him. So now as we hike, as we come down the mountain, or I guess as we ascend the mountain, let the word of God be your destination. Let his word and sacrament be that which encourages and helps you on your hike, that if you feel like you're sliding or falling, Let Jesus' hand catch you, lift you up by his absolution, and remind you where glory is. The transfiguration was just a stop on the way to the summit of the cross, where the one faithful prophet, not on Mount Carmel, but on Mount Golgotha, the one faithful prophet, not the false prophets of Baal, but here the prophet of God, he is consumed by fire It is here on Mount Golgotha that one greater than Moses ascends to fulfill the Ten Commandments on your behalf. He doesn't slip down the mountain of God's wrath, but is nailed to the cross for you to see him because it is there, the highest mountain of all the universe, because there he draws all men to himself, dying for the sins of all man. The transfiguration teaches us who it is that's dying on the cross. So that you, so for you to know for sure when your life doesn't look glorious, when your hike is hard, for you to know your Savior's with you. He'll even use your suffering for your good. But it is here in his house, in his shelter that he's built for you. This is where you find rest when the hike is hard, when the rolling down seems uncontrollable, For it is here that Jesus doesn't push you down. He doesn't burden you with an even heavier load. But he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. That when we're not looking at the the world with lustful and coveting eyes, when we turn our attention from everything else and we look and you will find Jesus alone. And there you find a glory that far surpasses anything this world can offer. We walk by faith and not by sight. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.